Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and episode 246 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this live show is uploaded as a podcast, which always reminds me to shout out Tof Morris, who is still a $5 backer every month over on Anchor.fm. So thank you very much, Tof Morris, for supporting this as a podcast, and apologies for the last couple of episodes all going up at the same time, because I fell a little bit behind in uploading them, but... Anyway, tonight, talking a little bit about Star Wars The Bad Batch, as Disney decided to release the first episode of their new show, about an hour and 15 minute episode of their new show on May the 4th. Obviously, Disney likes to push forward the May the 4th be with you, which I honestly believe started as a genuine uh, fan-fueled hashtag back in the day but unfortunately has been essentially bought up by Disney. And, of course, we all know how we feel about Disney on this channel, and I'm actually repping my hashtag uh, Duck, Duck Fisney shirt today. So shout-out to Darkstar57 for developing that shirt. Not sure where he's been for, for the last several months. Uh, he's still a member on the channel. He's, he's still rather a, a chosen of Valhalla, but... Uh, he hasn't been active in the chats, and I know he was selling these shirts, but I'm not sure what's going on with that. So, Darkstar57, if you're still listening to these shows and still are selling the shirts, please make your presence known so we can support your shirt and support your idea. Because, again, I just love the, the little duck with the, <laughs> with the suit. And, again, hashtag DuckFisney. But, anyway, welcome. We'll have, of course, typical movie chat, movie talk, and it is still... The Easter season, so happy and blessed Easter to you all across the world. We are live on the DLive fam, the YouTube fan, and once again, we are live over on Odyssey. Two other people currently watching, because I am being registered as the third, as I have learned. And I want to shout out Dark Shadow Logan, who left an early chat over there. So again, thank you to the Odyssey fam for hanging out tonight, and I'm sure I will catch up with you guys in a little bit. So let's say hello to the YouTube fam. What's going on, YouTube peeps? We got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe, telling everyone how to contact me on YouTube. Again, if you're on YouTube and you want me to read your comment or question, please just type Odin question, all one word. You don't need the at sign or anything. Just Odin question. It's a, it's kind of a keyword. It's like a code phrase. Kind of back in the day, right, when you had a, a code word, a code phrase, right? We have that on the channel. That way, uh, people aren't just randomly tagging in, coming in every now and then, tagging the channel and getting shouted out. No, you gotta, you gotta be a member, right? You gotta be in the club. But all that requires, all that's required to be in the club is just to know the phrase Odin question. Just type it all one word together. It'll highlight orange on my screen, letting me know that you are trying to get my attention. If you are a member, if you are a YouTube member, you don't have to worry about that because your name sh shows up as green, which helps me to see that. And as long as you're not tagging anybody else, I will also read those comments as well. It's one of the perks of being a member on the channel. RoseyG12 at 638 says, Hail Odin in chat. I may be a little late, still on a work Zoom call. Well, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's one thing that most people during the the pandemic will, will all agree on, and that's how crappy 
uh, Zoom call, especially massive Zoom calls have been. It's one thing, you know, because me and uh, John Flickinger, we use the the Zoom app to record our record our podcast because it really is just one of the best ways to record the actual video for it because it automatically puts the two videos right right next to each other and everything and we were having issues with uh with hangouts and he was having more so issues with his with his uh obs software on the old computer that he had and so we started using zoom and we've been using it now for the past you know several episodes but it's one thing to have that it's another thing to have it when you have just a crazy number of people (laughs) who are you know who are all uh you know, just, you know, not even necessarily speaking, but just having too many people on a call. It's just, it's just too much. Uh, Snort of Pupus, Cuber, what's going on? Snort of Pupus, glad to have you here as always. The Wake Down in the chat, Dark Shadow Logan, showing up over on YouTube as well. We got Matthew Highland in the chat. Hail to you. Welcome back. Glad to see you here. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. He says, Hail to the chat. He is the chaplain of OMB reviews and he himself has his own channel just crossed what 700 subs over there so if you want to support him please do he's a good guy we got golden rash and what's going on good sir tagging me saying evening odin good evening to you good sir uh let's see pat s who's also a member on the channel hail to you pat s says oh man looks like biloxi will be the next place to burn down Please shoot a man with his four-month-old son. The baby just passed away. That is awful. That is awful. Now, I, again, haven't seen any footage, but I just, again, that just breaks my heart because baby Thor is almost seven months, so I, I can't even imagine... So my prayers go out to to that to that child and to that family because again someone and probably several people just lost a grandson and lord knows what else. Again, I don't know all the details Patas, that's brand new information to me, but man, that's awful. All right, we got ZK Man in the chat. What's going on? ZK Man says, What up, all? How's everyone doing this fine Tuesday? Doing fine, ZK Man, though I'm definitely not in as good as mood anymore. It's kind of hard to be in a good mood with news like that. That's awful. Uh, let's see. Buford the Hobbit says, Guess what? Picks fly. Regal and AMC will now be showing Netflix movies. Army of the Dead is in the coming soon section of the app. Yeah, that is interesting because I, I'm pretty sure that. Theaters in general were very, very um, vocal uh, about being against streaming service movies being being brought into their theaters. But this is really not that much a surprise at this point after them making deals for HBO Max movies to be released and all that stuff. So it was only a matter of time before before Netflix movies were, were given the same. Obviously, one of the big differences being that Netflix movies have always been up to this point exclusive to Netflix and there was never any real deal between uh, theater chains and Netflix up until now, as far as anything to a major degree. Um, but, wow, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to skip a couple of the comments that are mentioning that event, just because I don't want to bring the entire stream down before we've even gotten started, because that really is a terrible thing, and my heart is just breaking. 
Um, anyway, let's see. Uh, Renee Delgado. What's going on, Renee Delgado? Welcome to the chat. Gmugger76 says, hello, Odin. Not sure on the Bad Batch yet. Hopefully not spoiling it for anyone. But with the human kid, I'm afraid it might go woke. Yeah, I mean, I have some thoughts on it, too. And to kind of give a preview, I'm, I'm pretty mixed, to be honest. I'm pretty mixed on it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. There's, like, things that I really like. There's things that I really don't like. And there's only one thing that I absolutely hated. But it was also kind of funny. I'll go into more detail about that. And it's not it's not going to be a spoiler by any means. Um, but man, oh, man. It's... Uh... <laughs> When you, if you haven't seen it, or if you have seen it and you didn't even think about it, when you go back to it, you're going to say, woo, Odin was right about that. Uh, Laura, it's a short story. What's going on, Laura? Welcome back. She is the modern major general of the channel. Uh, Jonathan Cologne, what's going on? Nathan Slay, also in the chat. Thank you for being here once again, Nathan Slay. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button. we got 42 people watching, which is perfectly fine for us. Um, let us see. Who else is here? Uh, Kara Tharp in the chat. What's going on? Uh, ZK Man. I don't know if I shouted you out already or not, but I figure I will shout you out again. James Dashier, what's going on? Not another dime as a member on the channel. Hail to you. Greta, what's going on? Greta Zenner. Amazing person, amazing human being. Says hello, Odin and everyone. Hello to you, Greta. Hope you are doing fine. Hope work is going well. Hope we get more videos soon. And I'm once again asked to give you a message from one person in the Friday Night Chat, Friday Night Tights Chat, who still wants you to create, if you haven't already, a uh, PayPal account or some way of donations being sent your way. <laughs> so, anyway, message sent. Uh, the Wake Down. Hail to the All Father. Hail to you, Wake Down. Nathan Slade Taddy says, I just want to say thank you for recommending Whiplash. Watched it Saturday, and it was awesome. One of the greatest movies from the 2010s. Yeah, dude. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, it is absolutely one of my all-time favorite films, um, especially from the more modern era. I, I just I knew I loved the movie uh, by the very fact... I mean, I was enjoying the film throughout, but I knew I loved it when at the very end, and if you've ever seen the film, you know what I'm talking about, I was like on the edge of my seat. And it, it was drumming. Like, I just the fact that that... They were able to tell so much story with just looks and editing. The editing, like seriously, I think that the best part of that movie is the editing mixed with the music, of course. The music is, is phenomenal, but the editing is what really makes that movie. Because of all the way they do the cuts, it just, it feels, because the music in the film is, is jazz. The editing feels like jazz. Right, It feels like there is very little structure in certain ways, and yet it also just works, right? There's there's a life to it. Um, so I don't know if anyone's a fan of jazz or <laughs> knows what I'm talking about, but that's what the editing felt like, and, and I loved it. So yeah, no problem at all, man. Whiplash is a fantastic film. Uh, Laura says, I just heard that the Bad Batch contradicts one of the Star Wars comics. Am I shocked to hear that there is gambling in Casablanca? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no sorry I read that wrong I, I understood the reference but I, I read that so and I'm just shocked shocked to hear there's gambling going on in this establishment here are your winnings sir thank you very much <laughs> great scene in Casablanca yeah really not a surprise at this point right 
really not a surprise at this point that what we have going on in Disney Star Wars is constant contradiction, right? It's amazing how they threw out, they were so quick to throw out, you know, what's now called Legends, right? They were so quick to throw out the EU and create the so-called story group, group whose whole job was to create continuity within the Star Wars universe. And what have we seen, as you just said, constant contradictions in the things that are, one, now considered canon, and two, things that are new that are canon, or supposed to be canon. It's like, is it is it that hard to follow established rules and stories? Especially when you throw out so much. Like, seriously, especially after you've thrown out so many stories as being legends and so-called non-canon, which I know for a lot of us is is headcanon, for sure. It's just ridiculous. Uh, James, thank you for the dollar donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much, good sir. Appreciate it. Says, hey, Odin, hope you're doing well today. Could you rank the Rocky movies from favorite to least favorite? Um, I'll do my best. This is just off the top of my head because I'd probably need to sit down and actually think about it. But I actually would probably go with Rocky 1 at the top. I'd probably actually go with Rocky Balboa at number 2. I know it's an odd choice, but I love that movie. Because to me, I think it's the best, like, actual movie. Like, as far as, like, the craft of movie making. Just the story is very tight. It's it's very somber and serious when it needs to be. But also, it's got the montage in it, too. There's just so many awesome things in Rocky Balboa that it's actually become one of my favorites out of all of them. Then it would be Rocky Five because, I mean, Drago! Gotta love it. Probably then Rocky... Oh, man. I guess Rocky Two, Rocky Three. And then I would probably go, sorry, not Rocky Five, Rocky Four. What am I? T- what am I talking about? I'm going crazy here. Sorry. Let me do that again. Anyway, number one, Rocky. Number two, Rocky Balboa. Number three, Rocky Four. That's Drago. Then Rocky Two and Three. Though Two and Three can kind of go back and forth. And at the very bottom of the list is Rocky Five because that's the one that ends in a street fight. There's not even doesn't even end in a boxing match. It's like. What? What is this? What is this nonsense? Um, but anyway, that would be my, the order off the top of my head, James. And I apologize to Rocky Four for getting it mixed up with Rocky Five. That was just my uh, my fault for forgetting <laughs> the, uh, the chronology there. It happens. All right, let's see. Father Christopher Miller says, I don't think I can wear that duck shirt. No, Father, probably wouldn't be a good look, most likely. Soul Assassin, what's going on? Glad to see you here, as always. Uh, not another dime says May 25th all the way. Yeah, I mean, that's when the first Star Wars film came out, right? That day has been an important day for a lot of Star Wars fans for years, you know, for, for decades even. Whereas the May the 4th really only came about during the age of social media and then got quickly bought up. Because wasn't there a year? Because it's kind of crazy that we're coming on to like the third year that this channel has been live. Like, I think we're right at the three-year anniversary of the first video that I actually actively put out back then as Odin's movie blog, um, which is just crazy to me. But wasn't there, like, last year or two years ago, a situation where Disney was threatening people with, if you use this hashtag in a certain way, that they would, like, go after you? I I, I want to say, at one point, they claimed ownership of it and actually threatened people. And I want to say they even got people in trouble. Uh, because they didn't use the hashtag correctly or something. Please, someone in the chat, uh, remind me of the details of that. Because I think that's what happened at one point. 
Uh, Rusty Shackelford, what is going on? Laura then says, May the 25th be with you always. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well, but again, it's much more based in, in history. Matthew Highland says, I honestly don't know if I'll watch The Bad Bash, and this is coming from someone who loved The Clone Wars. Did you watch Bad Batch yet? Yeah, I finished it earlier, so I've, I've already watched uh, the entire first episode, which is about an hour and 15 minutes, so it, it is a pretty long first episode. Because I kind of wonder, I was like, that's kind of weird for them to release just one episode when their, their, their theme recently has been for new shows to release like at least a couple when it first comes out. But then when I saw the runtime, I'm like, oh, it's over an hour long. Never mind. <laughs> for, for the Clone Wars spinoff, which are typically 20-minute episodes, to have an hour, it's like, okay, so we've, we've got a few episodes in here, basically. Um, and again, I'll give my review of that in just a little bit. Uh, Pot Heed. Hello. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi is a member on the channel. Hail to you. Uh, the Wake Down says, I almost believe May 4th started from fans, and I learned about the coincidence that May 4th aligns with Chinese Labor Day, as well as historical Chinese events from the early 1900s. I mean, I think you if you... You could do that almost with any date, though, The Wake Down. Like, I feel like if you wanted to find something wrong with any date, you could. So I wouldn't go that route. I think the, the best way to go with it is that May the 4th likely started naturally from fans on social media and probably had even been used before social media as well. I mean, when, when you think about just May the 4th be with you, I mean, it's, it's so close to May the 4th, it's hard to imagine that after the decades and decades of his existence, no one ever had thought about that being a thing. Now, I think, again, it became popularized on social media, I think. And then Disney, obviously, was able to, when it bought up Star Wars, buy up uh, the social media references and, of course, make make it an entire thing. But going so far as to, like, dive into the Chinese labor, like, that that's a little too far. You, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm not one to dive down the conspiracy theory route too often sometimes i do because there's some that are fun to talk about that one i don't i don't know about that uh zach greg what's going on says down with kathleen kennedy off with her head in a metaphorical sense disney and youtube metaphorically we do not call for violence here matthew highland what's going on says is this the so-called club that george carlin was talking about i kid of course yeah you see no, and I know that's I know that's supposed to be a joke. See that that's you know Disney Star Wars, that's Hollywood, that's the media companies, right? That's the political establishment. Is the club that George Carlin was talking about? Of course, all of us already knew that. Jislaine, uh, Liduck, welcome. Says hail bearded man, Michael Skewiff. Welcome back to the channel. Rosie 12 says, Zoom stinks. I miss three-dimensional people. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is that if you're so used to seeing people just through Zoom meetings and not actually in person, it can be tough. By the way, Phonemo, thank you very much for joining the DLive fam today. Looks like you're the only one watching over on DLive today, but that's okay, because the DLive fam, they come and they go. Sort of Poopus says, I refuse to deal with Zoom or its clones. Since I don't have a camera or microphone, I gave a phone interview yesterday and was attired for my comfort. Oh, well, gotcha, Sort of Poopus. Yeah, I mean, we use different technologies for class because obviously with students and with quarantines and all that kind of stuff, we, we kind of needed to. And so I'm actually lucky that about almost half, it's crazy also, I've been doing YouTube 
about half the time that I've been a teacher. Like I started basically like now at where I am with teaching at like the halfway point. Cause I've been teaching for about six or seven years now. It's kind of crazy just to think about, about that as well. Um, and so I've been doing YouTube for about three of those years. And so actually for this to have happened during, you know, after, after already having established myself and done so much with, with YouTube and with, you know, so many other things, it was like, oh, this is actually really easy. So I had a very easy transition into doing like online schooling and things like that. And so much so that I've actually found a, a way that I'm planning to do things going forward where, which is essentially just to record my class. And then that way, if a student ever misses, I'll say, boom, you have access to it almost immediately. So I'm very excited to be able to reincorporate that next year, even though we're not going to have any online kids. Nathan Slay says, I watched another phenomenal David Fincher on Thursday, but I cannot talk about it because I would be breaking the first rule and the second rule. Uh, that means that you saw Fight Club. I will break those rules because I'm not in Fight Club. Um, it is a pretty solid film, though. Pretty solid. Um, let's see. Crisco612 says, have you seen the Sony animated movie, The Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix? No, but someone, it was may, maybe even it was you, but someone recommended it to me in a comment on YouTube recently. Um, so I've not seen it yet. Haven't heard much about it either. So nothing against the movie, but... Just haven't really been interested in it. As I said, I've been on a kind of a weird kick lately. I've been watching a lot of zombie movies. I saw a film, uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, which was really good. Um, I actually actually really liked the way that they developed the the virus as um, essentially um, evolving. Uh, so basically, as the virus went on, it began to evolve. And I know that's been established in you know previous material, like games, um, for instance. Um, the Last of Us, right? The first game, uh, the <laughs> I think some would argue the only game in the franchise series. You know, it had the different types of zombies, right? Uh, the different types of infected. So the girl with all the gifts did something very similar with that, but it was able to handle it in such a unique way. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll talk about that film a little bit more um, a little bit later once I... I get through my bad batch view, but let's let's get caught up with YouTube first. Tina B, thank you for letting them know how to contact me. Uh, Ninja Knight, thank you for being here. Yeah, if you have a comment or question on YouTube, type Odin question. Can all one word Odin question? It'll highlight orange on my screen. It'll let me know that you're trying to get my attention, but I do normally fall about twenty to thirty minutes behind, and so you might have to wait a bit. Uh, Hannibal Grimm, welcome to the channel as well. Slicer Neons, welcome back too. All right, I have caught up with the YouTube chat, so let me go ahead and find, luckily no comments were, uh, let's see, were skipped. And so let me see what's going on. Uh, shout out to the couple people watching on Odyssey. Uh, don't be afraid to leave comments over there. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started with the with the Bad Batch. Star Wars The Bad Batch. So... It is a continuation of the Clone Wars, and it's actually kind of cool how it opens up. It opens up actually with with the actual Clone Wars logo, and then it burns away and reveals. Um, so again, I guess we'll be doing minor spoilers here, I guess. I mean, some people might view this as a spoiler, but again, for me, a spoiler is like a major plot point that no one would have ever seen coming getting put out there. So I usually 
I won't, I won't talk about that kind of stuff unless I actually give clear spoiler warnings, but basic plot stuff, I don't find that to be spoiler. Anyway, so it opens up with the graphic of the Clone Wars just burning away and revealing Star Wars the Bad Batch. And I'm like, okay, that, that's actually kind of cool. And then it opens up and you've got, you know, the clones fighting against the clankers. You got the actual voiceover guy from Clone Wars coming back, which was, again, a bit of nostalgia where it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's really awesome that they were able to to keep incorporate uh, the visual style and and the basic formatting in a lot of ways. And uh, I guess this this is a major plot point. And again, I don't know what how much has been put into the trailers or for anything. So this might be a plot point that some people don't want to know about. So I'll give that warning here. So three, two, one. Order 66. So that's a big part of what's going on in the show because at the very beginning. The Bad Batch come in, they wreak havoc, right? They're able to uh, save a group of their own, um, a group of their own cloned, clone brothers, and also a couple of Jedis, a Jedi and um, her Padawan learner as well. But as soon as they do, all of a sudden, it comes through, and then they're just standing there like, what is going on? They're very, very confused, because obviously they have all had genetic modifications, which has had an impact on the different behavioral standards that had been implemented into the clones as they were being developed on Kamino. And so it was just really interesting how they were able to play on that. But also, I kind of like how it, where it has established itself in the Star Wars universe, because it goes all the way up until as far as what's happening on the external universe. So again, this might be a spoiler for some people if you care about it. Three, two, one, the death of General Grievous. So that is where basically we are as far as that is concerned. And of course, the stuff going on with with Palpatine and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, so as far as like the storyline, I actually do like where it ha- where it has ended up in this universe, right, where it has ended up as far as the storyline is concerned, because to me, it's an interesting transition period that they'll be able to get a lot of story out of, I think, but also because they're going to be able to bring in certain characters that would have existed at this time and incorporate them into the story and incorporate their development as well. So when it comes to that, right, I think there are some story elements that I'm actually a pretty big fan of. Um, again, I appreciate the fact that they've kept the, the animation style, which I know is very grating for a lot of people, but I've gotten so used to it that now it's to be expected. And if they were to have done any major changes, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it would have been, uh, it would have worked as well, because obviously any Clone Wars fans would have been upset by that. And any uh, other fans in general, I think, they probably would have chosen an animation style that would not have been any better, right? Or, or, or any more amazing or solid. So again, I appreciate that they did that. Where I have some issues is with the fact that in this episode, they are introducing a new character. All right. They're introducing a new character and it's essentially a character. And again, I guess this is getting this plot spoiler. Again, I, it's so hard to say and to know what is considered to be a spoiler nowadays anymore. But anyway, so there's a character they introduce in this case who is essentially going to be the next. Um, is going to be the next Bad Batch. The next member of the Bad Batch. Only the issue with this clone, right, the... Um, and and the the uh, the genetic modification essentially that was made with this specific clone was that the clone is female, 
and also a young child. So they, they do kind of a double whammy there. Not only do they make it a child, but they also make her a female clone, which kind of just makes me wonder because it just makes you raise questions about the cloning process and saying, you know, is this something that is, I, I assume it's possible and feasible, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I feel like it's going out of your way to make things incredibly complicated as far as explaining. Like, again, they're the Kaminoans, right? They're, they're cloners, right? So they're experts at this. And so it's to say that they wouldn't have the ability to do this in this fictional universe, um, obviously, I think is, is probably saying too much to say that they couldn't actually do it. But it's very clear that they were trying to have a, like, again, the Bad Batch is a group of guys, right? So so many, I think, people thought going into the show, okay, this is going to be focused on the guys. It's going to be focused on their relationships with each other and their stories, which is why I think they were so liked in the last season of Clone Wars, right? It was because of the dynamic of all the different characters. And so what they do by introducing this new character, though, is now that they have a female character. So I feel like it's just a weird way for them to try and shoe in a, a female character. And again, it's I don't know exactly the direction they're going to go with it yet, but I'm already having a lot of questions just because of the process of them explaining that she's a clone. So again, a clone of Jango Fett, but somehow they were able to make this clone female, but then also different, like the other Bad Batchers as well. So... I don't know. I don't know quite how to feel about that yet. But overall, uh, again, pretty mixed. I, I like where it is in the universe. There's a lot of story elements that I like because there's a lot of really cool Bad Batch moments, uh, Bad Batch character moments even, which I really liked in the last season of Clone Wars and, and I still really like now. I just don't know how I feel about these introduction of new characters and also... I think and this might be what they were talking about as far as um, the comic. It either had to do with another character that was established during uh, Rogue One and eventually I think it was what in, in Rebels, I believe, that uh, was established. It may have been in Clone Wars 2. No, no, actually, it may have been Clone Maybe it was in both. Maybe there's a certain character who is a more new character. So I'm wondering if, if, if that introduction of that character may have had something to do with the comic issue, or it has something to do with the fact that in the very beginning, when all the stuff's going down, right from that order, that one Padawan seemingly gets away. And is it that they assumed and made clear that all the Jedi had been wiped out, except for two? I don't know. Anyway. I'm sure that there are many in the chat that know more than me, but those are, those are my thoughts right now. My initial thoughts on that hour-long introduction to the show. And if I did spoil anything for anyone, I do apologize. Um, but again, it's kind of hard to, to talk about the show and not mention some of the plot points. Anyway, uh, Dean J, not going to read the comment, man, um, because I just don't want to talk about that because I don't know anything about it. And... It's really sad. So, uh, DJ, thank you for being here, though. Uh, let us see. Kara Tharp says, did anyone else watch the Derby this weekend? I thought it was a pretty good race. Did anyone watch the Derby? You should talk to Tina about that. 
All right, Slicer Neon's tag says two objectively good things about the Bad Batch. Their animation style has evolved to a stellar degree compared to Clone Wars Season 1, and D. Bradley Baker is great, also set for life. Yeah, seriously, absolutely set for life there. And yeah, I mean, even though the style is essentially the same, the rendering looks a lot better. That is for sure true. Uh, Nathan Slay is still talking about David Fincher. Pat S. says, I watched Comics Division live stream last night. It got strange quick. Oh, Lord. How, 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 does, that, how does that work? How does that happen? Uh, Dean J. says, you like jazz? I'm like, I don't know exactly how to feel about jazz, to be honest. I don't not like it. But there are some, there's some jazz I like and there's some jazz I don't. I love all the jazz that's in Whiplash. But then there's other jazz that I've heard as well that I, I wasn't as big of a fan of. So, all right, let us see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Soul Assassin tagged and says, Did you hear about the Star Wars book Heart of a Jedi and how a fan is releasing it? I've not heard about that. I would say good luck to them because Lord knows Disney's going to come a calling um, <laughs> for violating everything that they hold dear. Uh, Snort of Poopa says, I can't keep the Rocky movie straight in my head. Yeah, seriously, they all flow together so well. So thank you for <laughs> for understanding my plight in, in struggling to remember the order and, and all the other things going on. Matthew Highland says, well, to begin with, they stole Jaina and Jason Solo from the EU and made them Kylo and Rey. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people have, have argued that. Uh, Dadman135, what's going on? Says, hail all, wasn't a fan of Mortal Kombat, but at least Mrs. Dadman, Dad, Dadman Walking 55 and I had a night out and movie popcorn. Hey, sometimes the experience is the most important thing. So I'm glad that you're able to have a good experience, even though the film itself was not as good. Evan S., welcome back to the chat. Michael Skewiff, what's going on, man? Thank you very much for the super chat. Says, random question. Have you ever seen Crocodile Dundee and Crocodile Dundee 2? If so, what do you think of them? I rewatched the first one this morning. Paul Hogan was quite good. I've actually never seen either all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces because they played on TV all the time when I was a kid. I just never wanted to watch it. Just nothing about it entices me. Nothing about it makes me actually want to watch it. And that's that's not me trying to dig on the movie at all because it's just, you know how there's some movies that are not, you can just tell are not aren't made for you. <laughs> Uh, I feel like that's a series that's just not really for me. But anyway, Michael Skewit, thank you very much for the donation. Forever Sci-Fi says, May the 4th screams marketing room idea. It does, but then at the same time, it's so simple. It's like, are, like, do I really want to admit that it was randomly created in the post-2010s? Like that no one had thought about that since 1977? I just, I, I, it makes it very hard for me to believe that. Um, let's see, Nathan Slay already answered that. Um, so let's see, Tina says, yes, Disney did threaten people if they didn't use that hashtag appropriately. I also heard Disney tried to copyright May 4th and was told, you can't copyright a date. That's right. I forgot about that, uh, the details of that, but yeah. So that, that's the reason why I myself don't have any of the May the 4th stuff going on right now um, because Disney kind of ruined it by going after people for using it incorrectly and trying to buy it. You know, it's just, it's just kind of crazy. Robert Frey, what's going on? Good, sir. Glad to have you here. 
Snort of Poopus says, May the 4th be with you comes off as another Disney appropriation of the fan culture. Yeah, that's what I think it is, Snort of Poopus. I feel like it was something that was developed by fans and then was appropriated by a giant corporation. That, to me, makes a little bit more sense. I bet there are some people that know, like, the full history and origin of where it came from exactly. Uh, Sasha Neon says, So can you excommunicate a pope for saying anti-freedom communist nonsense about surrendering your individual individuality and liberty? I can't. I don't have that power. Um, but there is a there is a concept that has been laid down by at least one or two previous popes that a a pope essentially doesn't necessarily excommunicate themselves, but basically loses the office by merit of of being in formal heresy. Um, but typically that's something that has to be confirmed and clarified by a council of bishops. Um, so even the bishops themselves can't remove the Petrin office. It's that the office would be removed automatically um, by being in formal heresy. And all the uh, council can really do at that point, if called, is confirm that. Um, but it, it, that's when things get really complicated. Um, and again, I'm probably missing some some points there. But based on what I've read and based on my own knowledge of the history, um, no one no one individual person though can excommunicate the pope, except himself, essentially, <laughs> more or less, essentially. But it's it's more so falling into formal heresy. Stephanie B, what is going on? Welcome back. She is the general of the Valks. Says, I didn't mind the Snyder Cut. Good for you. Hope you enjoy your four by three, four hour movies for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> that seems to be the only way that he can make a competent, halfway decent movie. Oh, man. Anyway, love you, Steph. <laughs> Hardwick, what's going on? Good, sir. Glad to have you back. As always, uh, let's see. Chat has jumped on me like it always does. So let me find that comment from Hardwick so that I can read it since he is indeed a member. Um, let us see. Hopefully it has not yet been lost. It has not, which is a beautiful thing. All right. Cool. Uh, six people watching on Odyssey. Please light up that fire button over on Odyssey if you're watching and uh, leave a comment. If you have a question, try and check, tag the channel, though, at Odin's Movie Blog over on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, Odin, question all one word. Hardwick says Kevin Feige said he had to fight Disney to get them to allow Chloe Zhao to use natural lighting on location shooting and practical effects for the Eternals. He was wowed by the sunset shots. Yeah, I mean, the more I I learn about Chloe Zhao, the more I actually like her. Um I'm not saying that she's a perfect person or that she's a hero or anything like that, but the fact that she has essentially been shadow banned by the Chinese government because in an interview from 10 years ago, and I found all this out from a great channel called uh, China Uncensored, which goes into all the things that that China does and has done. They've been following, uh, they, they've been covering the Uyghur stuff since long before any of the mainstream media people covered it. But anyway, apparently from almost 10 years ago, there was an interview where Chloe Zhao said growing up in China, because uh, she grew up in mainland China, that essentially she was surrounded by lies, was the word she used. 
And so many people believe that she's being shadow banned right now by uh, by the Chinese Communist Party. And we know this because she's literally a, a Chinese-born director. She is someone that in her speech made reference to Chinese culture and therefore would be a perfect candidate for them to use in their propaganda campaign, but they didn't. Um, and there's been this back-and-forth relationship in the main uh, Communist Party-controlled media over there. But they didn't cover her win. They didn't cover her speech or anything. And so many people suspect it's because she talked about China being a place surrounded and filled with lies. And so the fact that she said that even at all, even though it was about eight years ago, is still a cool thing to see. And Nomadland was a really good film. Uh, again, I, I think it was a solid movie. And also from what I could tell from the speech she gave, because again, I didn't watch the Oscars, was that it was relatively apolitical and filled with stories about her dad. And it's like, that's that makes me want to support you even more. Obviously, I think the Eternals are going to struggle because of the story, which I don't think she had as much control over. Because obviously the story and the characters being swapped and everything, that's the Disney machine. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it might look really nice because she has more control over the actual filming, but the story we already know is going to be filled with woke garbage based on the trailer and based on just the fact that they've already swapped the races and genders of characters that didn't need to happen. Um, so I'm kind of mixed on that because I like her, but I don't trust Disney. And the fact that she was able to uh, get Kevin Feige to fight for her to do that. Makes me wonder, though, did she have involved? Because, you know, the story we always hear is that when they bring in female directors, they don't let the female directors, for some reason, direct the action scenes. And some others would argue to say that they don't let anyone really direct the action scenes. They have a set group of people who are in charge of the action specifically or whatever. But I'm kind of wondering how how she would approach and how she has approached that. I don't know. I feel like that movie is going to be a giant mess because you're going to have her, who is a competent director, like a, and a competent... I mean, this woman wrote, directed, and here's the big thing. Edited Nomadland. Like, literally Nomadland was almost entirely hers from, like, some of the main objective quality, like, like industry stuff. Again, directing, writing, editing, producing. So it's essentially her baby. So that's why, to me, it's even more impressive because you look to most directors working in Hollywood, they don't edit their own, they don't edit their movies. They don't edit their own films. Now, obviously, they, they work with editors, right? Because directors have clear visions that they have the editors work out. But the fact that she had that and had full control of that project, that's the reason why I, I feel like it's going to be a mixed bag because you have someone that when she's in full control can do really good stuff. Cause again, nomad land was very, was very good. But if she's not in full control and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and we know that there's going to be a thousand cooks in that writing kitchen for this movie, the Eternals, is that going to work? And I, I honestly don't think it will because as you all know, if something does not have a good story, it, 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 in my opinion, can't be a good movie, objectively. 
you can enjoy a movie for sure, but I don't think it can be a good movie. You have to have a good story. A story is one of the most important parts of a film, more so than a lot of other parts. Because even a low-budget film that has terrible cinematography, like terrible camera quality and all those other things, if it has a great story, it can transcend all of those um, handicaps is a way that we can really describe it. But you have so many films nowadays that have all the things, right? The top quality, uh, the highest paid people behind the scenes working in all of these different levels. But because the stories are crap, the movie falls apart. So movie, I mean, when you really think about it, story is so important. And since she does not have control of the story, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter how talented Chloe Zhao is. Because the Disney machine is going to is going to make sure that that story is whatever the hell they want it to be. And that is my biggest concern for that film, to be perfectly honest. Uh, let's see. The Seaman, thank you very much for the $5 uh, super chat. Appreciate it. Says, Hail Odin, did you catch that the director of the Marvels, Captain Marvel 2, deleted her entire Twitter account? Feels good to have movies to talk about. <laughs> I did not hear that. But now it makes you wonder, okay, what is she hiding? What is a director of that film hiding? Because clearly it must be something. You don't just delete your entire Twitter account unless you're trying to wipe something out. And she must have forgotten the fact that at the end of the day, all this stuff can get saved and backed up. Once it's out there, you can't stop it, right? You can't stop the signal, Mal, as they always say. But no, I, I did not hear that. That's news to me. And yeah, it is exciting that we have exciting that we have movies back in theaters to talk about again. I can say I have no desire to see the Marvels. If it's anything like Captain Marvel 1, it's going to have a terrible story. And again, doesn't matter about effects or acting or anything like that. Not to say that the film even had those things. But um, I do think the effects for Samuel L. Jackson, the de-aging effects were pretty impressive. But that's, that's about the main thing I can say about that movie. Kara Tharp says, I will be off this summer. Any good uh, recommend any good movie recommendations? Well, Kara Tharp, as a teacher, I will also be off for the summer, which is always a great thing. Uh, so, of course, I'll be upping my game doing... I, ha- I have a morning movie podcast, or rather just a morning podcast that I did last summer. I did it on Twitch. So it's Good Morning Asgard. That will be coming back in a few weeks. Very excited about that. And um, this year, though, instead of it being on Twitch, it'll be on Odyssey. So I'll actually have my Good Morning Asgard podcast exclusive to Odyssey. Try and build up that platform over there and have some amazing discussions. Uh, movie recommendations, because, again... Uh, zombie films have kind of been on the mind recently 28 days later 28 weeks later both solid fantastic films uh going back a little ways uh, for films i've seen a long time ago still in the zombie universe train to busan if you've never seen train to busan again it's subtitled but it is not just a great zombie film it is a fantastic movie to boot with some of the best acting that i've seen there is this little girl who gives honestly one of the best performances i've seen from a child actress in a long time that's train to busan the sequel to it peninsula it's a good zombie film not as good of a movie as train to busan but it's still a pretty good zombie film nonetheless with with good zombie thrills throughout and um i'm trying to think uh on the untouchables if you've never seen the untouchables i saw that one more recently too um so i'd recommend that hope that helps and if you want more movies in general, uh, you check out my website, ombreviews.home.blog. I actually have reviews going back as far as I think I, I got back to 2011. 
and all the films that I've given A level to, so A minus to A plus, um, for any year are underlined and bolded. Uh, so if you want to see what films I recommend from a given year, you can check that out. And I plan to work on that over the summer too and try and get that as far back as I can. Evan S says, Hail Odin, glad to be here with my favorite people on the internet. Well, welcome back. Hybrid X13 says, I'm thinking about watching Love and Monsters. Is it on any streaming platform by any chance? I'm not sure if it's on any streaming platform yet, but I can say it's worth the price. I, I think the Blu-ray and the 4K are still relatively cheap. And again, when you think about how paying $15 for any of those is the equivalent, essentially, of getting a movie ticket, you, you not only get to watch the movie, you get to own it, too. So, uh, Joey's Movie Blog, what's going on? Rosie G12 says, I'm okay with spoilers. Yeah, and again, it's, it's really hard to avoid complete spoilers, to be honest. Nathan Slay still talking about David Fincher. <laughs> that question's been asked before, so I'm, I'm going to skip over it. Uh, Slash Neon says, what annoy me the most is Lama Su implying they never use live fi- fire training when Camino Cam- oh, for when Camioans were all about that in the EU. Heartless dolphin aliens like Generation Tech says. Okay. Okay. At first I was very, very confused. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know much about that because I've read some of the EU, as you all know. Um, but there's still a lot of there are still a lot of stories that I've not yet read. There's some stuff going on over on D Live, so I'm gonna say hello to my D Live fam. What is going on, peeps? Captain High says, "Sorry, I'm late." How I you? How are you and the clan doing? We're doing fine. Daniel Thorne says, "Scott Pilgrim was great in Dolby." My, how much I've forgotten the wonderful music. That's right, I forgot um, that Scott Pilgrim got re-released. Glad to hear it's good in Dolby. Um, let's see. Daniel Thorne also says, picked up my, uh, picked up some Top Gun tickets for Dolby on May 13th. Top Gun Day. Looks like Army of Dead might come to AMCs. Yeah, someone had mentioned that in the YouTube chat earlier. Um, ooh, nice. Top Gun coming back to theaters. Getting released in Dolby. That'd be fun to see. Camden Heist, thank you very much for the five ice cream donations. I appreciate it. Daniel Thorne then says, do you think a representation of the Savior on a silver coin is a good as a religious gift, or would it be considered a graven image? Christ on a coin is kind of a weird thing. Uh, typically, a good gift for a good religious gift would be an actual cross or an actual crucifix or uh, potentially um, other sacramentals. So things like rosary, uh, brown scapular, uh, St. Benedict's Medal, things like that. Maybe if that person has a certain saint that they are attached to, maybe because of their name or their middle name, things like that. But yeah, Christ on a coin. I, I, that's not something very common that I've heard of. So I wouldn't necessarily say as so far to say that's a graven image, but that's a very uncommon thing. So I'm kind of wondering where that's being bought from because that that could actually make a difference. Anyway, uh, let's see. Michael Skewiff says Jurassic uh, World Fallen Kingdom had a cloned 10-year-old girl. I Again, Fallen Kingdom, I don't even remember that story. But was it... F- <sighs> but again, the issue here is in the com- with the Kaminoans, right? All of the clones are made from Jango Fett. 
They're they're one to one replicas of Django Fett, and obviously there's been some tinkering here and there, but to be able to change the and also we're dealing with what are perceived to be human or humanoid species, whereas with that one you're dealing with more of reptilian, where there is actually more chance of that happening. Because, uh, for instance, with I think was it, was it alligators? I think depending on the temperature of the eggs actually determines the gender of of the alligator. And then, of course, there are some other animal species that can even change, right? Um, so I think that makes more sense in that universe. But again, that's why I'm saying like I don't know if if it's a point in the Bad Batch that I can get too caught up with, only because this is again a fictionalized universe, and so again the the rules don't necessarily work the same way in the universe as they do here. But still, it, it is kind of just an odd thing. Uh, Rob D says, Hey, Odin, in Legends, the Bad Batch would never have existed. The Kaminoans didn't accept flawed clones. They would have been euthanized. The young female clone wouldn't have been possible. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, right? So in Legends, they were much more about perfection, which, again, I think also matches prequel-era Kaminoans, right? Because they were very clear about how they were, you know, very good at their job and everything is ready. And you could tell that they, they did not seem to be very open to it. At the same time, it's not too much of a stretch to say that over time, they start to play around with things, right? Test things out and realize that they can improve upon certain qualities in certain ways too in their testing to try and make the clones as awesome as possible. So both of them actually, I do think, make sense. But that does make sense. Orange Review says, I'm late again. Are we talking Bad Batch spoilers? Again, it's hard to tell and really say what a spoiler is at this point. Uh, Sort of Poop is Cuber. Says, my derby prediction came true. The horse in front won. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Let's see. Nathan Slay says, so would you say jazz is not quite your tempo? You and the bad jokes, man. Hybrid X13 says Rocky timeline is greater than the X-Men timeline. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if we're talking about actual timelines, it's an excellent point. I think it's more so that the Rocky films can kind of blend together in a lot of ways. Nathan Slay says, I'm looking forward to the live action adaptation of Doctor Strange video game Portal Combat. Nathan Slay, dude, what's going on with you tonight? Off topic? Making bad jokes? Come on, bro. Steven says, based on Mortal Kombat box office so far, what are the odds we will see a sequel? You think it's greenlit yet, or how much it does need to be safe to greenlight the sequel? Uh, so, Steven, the movie isn't really doing as well as a lot of people have said it, it is. It um, There's a good chance that the film may not make its money back. Um, at least, again, just based on box office receipts. This is not taking into account other revenue streams that might exist, but based on the box office numbers as they stand, based off of the first two weeks and how we can predict things two weeks in, it likely will not make its money back, especially since, based on what I've seen, there's not any official release date set for China. Um, And then it's not going to get released in Japan until June. So how how many people are actually going to see it in Japan? Who knows? Um, so that could actually indicate whether or not it makes money or not down the line. Um, here's the thing, though. 
they already knew they were going to make more films. Like they they had already agreed to several films. They they want to make this a franchise. Basically, unless unless this movie had massively underperformed opening weekend and and since then, then at that point you might have talked about it may have been possible that they could cancel plans because that's the only time that long-term plans are ever canceled is if things go really bad, but the film actually overperformed in its opening weekend. So it actually outperformed what the expectations were. And a massive drop-off second weekend because it's, again, not gotten a lot of universal love uh, from fans. There's been a lot of mixed reviews on on the film. But as far as the sequel, I, I think the sequel's guaranteed. They've already talked also about doing potential Johnny Cage spinoff movie as well. So I, the universe is going to be... is already established. It's going to be made. Um, the question is how many films are they going to be able to justify... If the movies aren't profitable, which again, at this point, who knows what's going to happen. But based on my estimates, it is not set to make money. Oh boy. Balky walkie. Balk, 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 balk. Thank you for the super chat. Says, do you think the Bad Backs will go through to the original trilogy era? I thought the episode was mediocre. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. I'm so, this, this episode was so middle of the road. There were some things I liked. There were a couple things I loved. There were other some things I didn't like. And by the way, there was one thing I said I hated. I haven't even gotten to the thing I hated in this episode. The thing I hated, this is not really a spoiler. The thing I hated in this episode was voice work. So, there's this voice work done for the young Padawan learner. Dude, the voice was like of a 38-year-old man. And the, the child looked like he was a teenager. And I was like... This voice doesn't work at all. And it was so jarring and distracting. I hated it. I was like, shut up. Stop talking. This doesn't make any sense. What I'm seeing visually is not matching the voice at all. It made me ask the question, did they just randomly have this character and then choose a random adult who is established in Star Wars and said, hey, you want to do a voice for the cartoon? You can do this random voice. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like they just chose this random person for the part because it didn't actually make any sense. So again, you see this little tiny little kid and he's talking like a 38-year-old man. And I'm just like, what? And like at one point he had like some sassy talk. And I was just like, no, that character didn't like. There's, if there's one character I, I hated, again, decision's still out on the new character that's brought into the Bad Batch, but the Padawan in the very beginning, no, not a fan. And it's because the voice didn't match. And it was really, really distracting. And it's going to haunt my, it's going to haunt my dreams. I'm going to have nightmares about it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Hardwick says the Crocodile Dundee movies are a lot of fun. That's not a knife. Now that's a knife. Again, I'm not saying that they're not fun. Just saying that uh, based on what I've seen, I don't really have a desire to see any more. Again, I'm not I'm not knocking you if you like it. Trent Johnson, welcome to the chat. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews says, oh, movie talk. The MCU is mostly on sale for $7.99 each. The Hulk movie is $4.99. And I finished getting all those movies I needed minus the crazy emotionalist blonde. <laughs> Um, I wonder, do you mean digitally or physical media? Because if you're getting that stuff on digital, no, don't do that. Don't ever buy it on digital. You don't own it. 
they can take that away tomorrow. Whatever service you bought it with, boom, can disappear tomorrow. They take it with them. You have no ownership. So I hope those are Blu-rays you're getting at the very least. Um, uh, and even better would be, of course, uh, 4Ks, if they're in true 4K, which most of the Marvel films are not in true 4K. So actually the Blu-ray version is probably one of the best versions you're going to get unless they did some HDR work, in which case it could be better on the 4K. Um, but as far as the actual like sharpness and quality, Blu-ray for most of those films is going to be just fine. But make sure to buy the Blu-ray, dude. Do not, because those numbers, those numbers sound, if you're saying most of the MCU on sale for $7.99, um, Disney films in general are almost never that low unless it's a digital movie. So if those are digital movies, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to have to slap you. I'm going to slap you if those are digital movies. Uh, Slash Neon says, what is Crocodile Dundee but a long Money Python sketch about offensive Australian stereotypes? <laughs> Evan S. says, I love that May the 4th is dying. I like my birthday and I love Star Trek. What? That was the, what? Th- that string of thought did not make sense, Evan. It says, I love that May the 4th is dying. I like my birthday and I love Star Trek. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those are three things that... <laughs> Don't seem to be connected. I need. Is there some context I'm missing here, Evan? <laughs> Don't become like Father, who is who is the king of of not having any context. Uh, Orange Chat Review says it's a darn gimmick. May the fourth is a gimmick. Real Star Wars Day is May the twenty fifth. As I said, Orange Chat, I would love to know who actually came up with the idea, because I would I would bet it, it was a fan. I would bet that it was established by a fan and it was just appropriated by Disney, the corporation. Uh, six people still watching on Odyssey. No one commenting. I don't know if the comments just aren't working on Odyssey tonight because Dark Shadow Logan had a comment earlier. But again, if you're on uh, Odyssey and you're watching the stream, thank you for watching it. Uh, light up that fire button if you're watching over there. And again, if you have a comment or question, leave leave a comment there. All right. HyperNex13 says, I saw some interesting Cobra Kai videos, and do you think Miguel Diaz and Hawk could go one-on-one in combat against a younger Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso in their prime? Um, Cool that you've been seeing some of those videos. Like, the actual actors or the actual characters? Because let's be honest here, the moves of Miguel Diaz and Hawk are a lot more advanced than what we saw in the original 80s films. So, based on that, I would probably say Miguel Diaz and Hawk. Um, if we're talking just about the characters, I mean, I think I like Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, but I'm I'm obviously biased towards them. But I do really like Miguel Diaz and Hawk. Just another red shirt. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. Chad has jumped on me like it always does. Thank you all so very much for being here today. Uh, looks like the chat may have been skipped. It's 7.45 in the chat. It's 8 o'clock in real life, so I'm about 15 minutes behind. But some comments may indeed have been skipped. Uh, let me check over with my DLive fam. Daniel Thorne says, any reviews for Star Wars biomes? Um, I saw that on Disney+. Plus. I have no idea what that is. So, no, I haven't heard of it. I don't know. Uh, thank you to everyone who's randomly following me on, on DLive, but I do have a rule here. You can't comment until you've been a follower for at least an hour or two. Um, and it's because we've, we have a lot of trolls that like to come in and leave random comments. 
And let's just say we haven't had any random comments since I implemented that rule. So <laughs> if you're wondering why you can't comment, that's the reason why. All right, back over to the YouTube chat. Robert Mubley says, have you ever had a panic attack? If so, when was the last time you had one? Odd question. Uh, I myself have not. Um, I do struggle with anxiety, and I, that's something I've always been very open about, uh, especially back when I went to Star Wars Celebration Chicago uh, with Jeremy and the Geese and Gamers team. Uh, it was on display a couple times. Um, so, But I, I never, never enough to have an actual panic attack. But I know people uh, in my life who have that, and it's it's not fun to watch people go through. It's it's pretty scary because they feel helpless and you feel helpless, and there's only so much you can do. Uh, Hannibal Grimm says, "Have you seen Zombie for Sale yet?" No. Tell me more. Is it a good film? Uh, Nathan Slay says, "Would you recommend Black Swan?" Ah, not really. That's a movie that when it came out, I appreciated like certain aspects of the filmmaking process for the movie, but it's such a forgettable movie. I saw it once. I got it on Blu-ray years ago because it was like four bucks and I haven't watched it since. And I have no desire to ever watch it again. So I would say no, <laughs> I would not recommend it. Uh, Hardwick says, what do you think of the untouchables and how did you like the musical st- score? Um, I th- think I did a review of the movie. I think. I think I did an official review. Uh, but anyway, uh, I-, I won't give my full thoughts on it because I think I- if I have not done an official review of it, I've definitely talked about it on stream before. Um, but the score is fantastic. Ennio Morricone does an amazing job with the score. Um, all right. Snort Poopus says, I don't need to watch zombie films. The headquarters of the Church of Hub- Hubbardology is five miles down the road. I can see zombies parading up and down the streets if I head into downtown, downtown Clearwater. Interesting. Oh, Hubbardology. Okay. First, I was like, is that a real thing? I was like, oh, Hubbard Scientology. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This is a, this is a new church? It took me a, it took me a second to, to, to get Hubbard and be like, oh, okay. The uh, creator of Scientology. Then Yes. I'd still recommend the movies because at least those are entertaining. Orange Review says, Bad Batch Episode 1 was decent, but very errored with their timeline. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have been mentioning that it doesn't match up with, not only does it not match up with uh, Legend stuff, of course, but even the <laughs> even Disney's own timeline. Uh, apparently, there's a comic or something someone had mentioned earlier that it, it apparently blatantly violates uh, cer- certain uh, aspects of it, which just makes you appreciate them even more. Uh, Father says, Christ on a coin? Why? That's the question I was asking, too. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of this before. Uh, Harvick says, was Brie Larson better in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World than in Captain Marvel? Yeah. Because she, I think, fit that character more. She she is well-suited to play the character in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World versus Captain Marvel. Um, wife and I actually just watched 21 Jump Street the other day, and she was fine in that. Again, I think there's certain roles, and this I've made this argument before, and I know there's some people that that are just gonna hate her no matter what, and I again I understand it uh, because she's just a, you know, she's just she needs prayers uh, is the most charitable way that I can put what I what I want to say. She needs prayers, 
Um, but what I've always said is I think Brie Larson can only give a good performance if she has a competent director. Because basically what that what I mean by that is that Brie Larson cannot do anything on her own. She she is a blank canvas. And there are some actors that that are that, right? There's some actors that are just blank canvases. They they can't do anything on their own. They don't really have a lot of creativity um, in their craft. They need to be led along in the process. And of course, there's many actors that don't, right? There's many actors who are so immensely talented that they don't need to be held by the hand, right? Brie Larson, though, I think the only way it makes sense in my mind is that she needs a good director. Because when I look to her performance in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, it's a good performance. When I look to her performance in Short Term 12, it's a good performance. When I look to her performance in Room, it's a good performance. But then you look at her in Captain Marvel, not good. You look at her in her own movie, Unicorn Store, awful. That is by far the worst performance she's ever given, which again, I think feeds into the logic of her being this blank canvas that needs to be given clear direction and needs to be given clear help to create a a competent character. Um, so that, that, again, to me, that's, that's still an insult, but I don't go as far as other people to try and and say, you know, there's other people that, you know, love the joke about, oh, she's just a plank of wood, right? And things like that. Yes. In specific films. Absolutely. In her interviews. Absolutely. But there are movies where she does indeed show and convey emotion, but I don't think it's because it's from her talent. I think it's because she is just a blank canvas. And if she's got a good director who can hold her hand through it. They can craft it. Uh, Father says, fun fact for graduation gifts, I give my students a Benedictine medal crucifix. Nice. Very, very cool. I've never really given gifts. I don't know. Uh, my It's my first year of students that I taught graduating from my new school this year. Um, it's such a weird thing, though, when you're not teaching them every year or different subjects because... I felt like I knew them so well for, you know, when I had them in class and things like that. And then I just haven't seen so many of them this year, right? Because they're in other classes and I only ever see some of them. And I'm just like, it makes me sad. Makes me sad. But anyway, I think that's just like the the role of a teacher. You're just a blip in the life of the person. Forever Sci-Fi says, Christ on a coin sounds like PG swearing. It really does. Christ on a coin. Just so bad. Matthew Highland says, doesn't the Eternals contradict the entire MCU? The premise says they've been on Earth for 7,000 years, but they weren't there for the entire stuff with Thanos. They need some explanation, and I'm sure they will, and I'm sure it'll be incredibly convoluted and awful. I think it's probably going to be very similar to the explanation we got in Endgame, which if you all remember, my review of Endgame is that the story sucks, because the story doesn't make any sense. That's what I think is going to happen with that one. We got Sharon Ferguson. Sharon. Sharon. What's going on? Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, is the female clone Jenga Fett? <laughs> now, you see, that would have been, I think, a little too much. I think that would have made me and other people mad. 
Uh, the Wake Down says, if you're looking for a solid E recommendation, check out Karen Travis's Republic Commando series. It's what Disney's bastardization right now, and she caught real flack for writing them. Interesting. I have never heard of that series. Soul Assassin says, I heard someone say the girl could be Django, uh, uh, could be Django's, wait a minute, what? Uh, Django's sister or Jedi. Sister or Jedi? Though I don't believe the girl would be Django's sister, but cloning Jedi have been done. Uh, no. You can tell based on the design of the character, she is a clone of Django Fett, and she is a female somehow. So, no, no, no. Anyone trying to explain it away with things like that? No. They're, again, it's very clear that is what they're doing. Uh, Sharon says, what are we talking about now? Sharon, I have no idea because I fall 20 minutes behind. So you asking that question is a very loaded question. <laughs> Orange Review says, actually, an entire unit of flawed clones existed in the EU. They were called the Null Arcs. Ooh, we got some contradiction going on in the chat. Someone says that the Kaminoans didn't have any. Orange Hat Reviews says, nay, nay. Hyphenex 13, which movie closed the series better? Serenity for Firefly or El Camino for Breaking Bad? Uh, El Camino for Breaking Bad because Serenity is a great movie, but I don't really look at it as closing off the series because the series was only one season. Whereas Breaking Bad, you had a well-established series of a fantastic show with a great ending, and then El Camino was able to fill in some of those pieces. Orange Hat says that is basically what the show rips off the Null Arcs. Interesting. Um, let's see. Nathan Slade coming in with another random thought uh, about Batman 1989. Um, if you don't like the movie, get out. Harwick says, have you seen any movies about voodoo zombies as opposed to George Romero-style zombies? There's a classic one starring Bela Lugosi called White Zombie. No, I don't think so. Sounds a little interesting. I'm more into like the the virus type, like the um, again the movies that I've mentioned style, especially um, like the twenty eight days, twenty eight weeks later style. Uh, Rusty Shackerford tag says one cut one cut of the dead is a great zombie comedy. If you've not seen it, it's a Japanese film that's pretty heartwarming. I'd highly recommend it. Interesting. What cut one cut of the dead? Never heard of it. All right. We got we got a little action going on on Odyssey. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Banjo Sandwich says that Padawan was freaky. Odin, I agree. I could do with an Odyssey follower myself. Got one yay new channel, but I do create content. Well, Banjo Sandwich, if anyone is watching on Odyssey, check out Banjo Sandwich. And yeah, the Padawan, so freaky. Didn't like it. It's going to give me nightmares. Um, Orange Hat Reviews, wait a minute, no, Orange Hat, if this is true, I had no idea, and the, oh my, I think this is full circle, anyway, before I do, Ray Arthur Gary and what's going on, according to Orange Hat Reviews at 757, he says this, Odin, that Padawan was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., huh, and also, didn't catch it that eventually... So, oh, that's the guy that eventually... Be, wait, what? Orange Hat, I didn't catch that at all. Shows how much I was paying attention. <laughs> 
That doesn't justify it. Why? So, so Freddie Prince Jr. is playing the child version of the character he eventually plays, but then doesn't change his voice. He keeps the same voice. That doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. Now, now it's even dumber. Oof. All right, let's see. Someone said he can get snarky. I get snarky. Uh, Mossberg says, Hey, Odin, how cool was it to have a member of the New Line Cinema's marketing team comment on your video the other day? <laughs> Mossberg, yeah. Dude, so there was this guy commenting on my box office breakdown, and he claimed to be a member of the New Line Cinema marketing team. And I was looking at the way he was spelling words, and I'm like, if you are honestly hired by New Line Cinema, they should fire you on the spot because you're not even spelling words correctly. He was using really bad, cringy shorthand for for some of his responses, and I was like, seriously, it was uh, it was pretty bad, pretty bad. Uh, Orange Hat says, I already own the Blu-rays. Also, I do believe that Voodoo doesn't have that claim status. I wanted to supplement the online library. No movies has appeared yet. Um, so you own the blue, dude. If you own the Blu-rays already, then just digitize them, because then you get the highest quality version of it. And uh, no, no, no. You say Voodoo doesn't have that claim status. Here's the thing: if Voodoo goes away tomorrow, you don't have access to any Voodoo exclusive content anymore. So again. Any of the movies that are on digital on any of those platforms, you do not own them. Because if the platform goes away, poof, it's gone. If the movie gets canceled or taken away, poof, it's gone. So, I always say, I'm glad that you own the Blu-rays already. Physical media is the way. But if you really want to have a digital version, either if it comes with a digital version, okay, it came with a digital version. So now you have access to it, at least for a time. But digitize and back it up. I know it can be a pain and it can take up space and stuff, but don't trust Voodoo. Uh, let's see. Bocky Walkie. Bok, 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 Bok. Thank you for the other super chat. Says, Pre Larson is pretty, though. Looks like Kim Medcalf. Well, I don't know about Kim Medcalf, but hey, to each their own, as they say. <laughs> Remember, Sci Fi says, I've been buying Blu rays from eBay lately. Those you pick, lots are great deal. Got Big Trouble, Little China, Calif. Oh, sorry, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Braveheart, etc. For like three to four dollars each. Nice, yeah. I mean, I do personally prefer newer films because sometimes with used films you don't know where they came from and stuff like that. But um, but especially when you're buying things from companies like Disney, yeah, I think eBay is definitely a good way to go for sure. Hardwick says, I looked up the Bad Batch cast list. Yeah, Caleb, Doom, the Padawan, Freddie Prince. Uh, Ming-Hua Wen reprises her Mandalorian role of Fennec Shand. Wait, what? When did that happen? Did that, did that also happen in this episode? Or is that like a... Did you just spoil Hard- Hardwick? Did you just spoil the future of the show? Bad form, man. Bad form. There's no way I, there's no way I missed that much. I mean, I missed some things, but I feel like that, <laughs> if I missed both of those things, that's pretty big. Anyway, we got about 12 minutes left in the show. 
Um, so let's see. Some no comments were skipped, which is awesome to see. Um, let us see. Let's check on the DLAF fam. Daniel Thorne says, 1979, when Britain elected the first female prime minister, Margaret Thatcher, on May 4th, the day she took office. Well, then. Interesting. And then says, oh, the Conservative Party placed an advertisement in the London Evening News, which read, May the 4th be with you, Maggie. Congratulations. What? So according to Daniel Thorne, May the 4th be with you dates back to 1979, just two years after the original film release. And it was on, as I said, a billboard? Placed an advertisement in the London Evening News, or in a newspaper, I guess, which read, May the 4th be with you. Therefore, it has been around for a very, very long time. If, if that is confirmed to be true, which seems legit to me, so it's, it's, that's interesting, Daniel Thorne. Very interesting. Uh, Captain Dean Heist says, which was worse, Unicorn Store or Basmati Blues? Well, since I've never seen Basmati Blues, I would have to go with Unicorn Store. Daniel Thorne then says, May, May 4th was chosen because of the play on words. Well, obviously, that's why I said, for anyone to honestly believe that Disney just created it out of the blue in 2012, again, that, that, that just... I, I wouldn't buy it. So that Daniel Thorne makes so much more sense. Two years after the release for that to be in a, a again, I, I'm sure people were using it even before then. Because again, it's a pretty clear play on words there. He then says, Odin is probably going to be out of breath if he reads all of that chat. Um, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. He's got more. Okay. Wait a minute. He's got more. So it says, George Lucas was asked during a 2005 interview on a German news TV channel to say the famous sentence, may the force be with you. The interpreter interpreted the sentence into German as, am may sind wir ben ihnen. On May 4th, we are with you. National Star Wars Day was first organized in Canada at the Toronto Underground Cinema in 2011, produced by Sean Ward and Alice Quinn. Interesting. So a little history about... May the 4th. There you go. So it does have a long history prior to Disney. Orange Hat says, oh, and it was the thing originally in the UK. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. So that's that's been confirmed then. Uh, the Wake Down. Yep. There it is. Wake Down. That's just what I read over uh, on DLive, what Daniel Thorne said. Uh, ZK Man says, we'll be watching on Odyssey, but video is not playing for me for some reason right now. Oh, that's interesting. I'm wondering if that's why people aren't commenting like last time over there. Could be some issues going on with it. Inferior says, I think of digital purchases as long-term rentals. I can rewatch with easy convenience as much as I want, or at least until the service goes under. Besides, if I like it enough, I'll buy the Blu-ray. That's true. To be honest, though, if you actually were to save the money that you spend on digital copies and other things, you can invest in a pretty affordable server, get hard... Uh, get some hard drives and then literally create your own Netflix and watch it whenever you want using Plex. I've been watching so many movies through Plex uh, recently. It's been fantastic. Uh, Hannibal Graham says zombie for sale is a Korean zombie flick on shutter. It's silly and awesome. Interesting. 
Uh, Hyperdexter Teen says, I love the character comparison Cobra Kai Karate Kid Universe videos. I can't wait to see how Johnny and Daniel Miyagi Fong versus Kreese's Cobra Kai. Interesting. Very interesting. Dean J says, I feel like Darren Aronofsky of Black Swan and Ryan Johnson are best friends who get together at floofy bars and order strawberry daiquiris. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Orange Review says, Odin the Air timeline is mostly with comparison to Revenge of the Sith. The first 10 minutes in episode one of Bad Batch is literally hours long in the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Well, to be fair, when we, when we watch the cartoon, 10 minutes of the cartoon time is not necessarily 10 minutes of, of real time because they are cutting to different parts of it. So... That could be a way to help explain that. I, I don't think that's the issue that people were talking about Orange Hat. Uh, Snorri Poopa says, I don't like Bree's. I don't like Bree, either the cheese or the actor. <laughs> Rosie G12 says, I can't get past Bree's RBF. <laughs> Father says, Bree's performance in Unicorn Store made me wonder if she was bipolar. I mean, yeah, there's definitely stuff going on. Father says, regarding graduation gifts, it used to be that I would only give gifts to my students who are parishioners. Now that I'm not teaching, it's for all any of my parishioners. Yeah, I feel like I would like to start to do that kind of stuff, but I'd probably do like more, <laughs> more tratty stuff, I guess, like little books or, or little pamphlets or, or things like that. I don't know. <laughs> I want, I want them. I want to teach them. Um, the pre-Vatican two ways, Father. <laughs> Orange Hat Reviews says female clone is another ripoff of Marvel X twenty three is a female clone of Wolverine. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very very good point. Uh, yeah, I'd forgotten that they had done that, but I even th- isn't X twenty three at least in the film. Uh, Logan, isn't that not nece- not fully a clone? It's using the DNA of Wolverine but it's therefore not an actual clone necessarily if that makes any sense because they even make reference to it's more it's more like that's his daughter than than his clone i feel like that was a point made in the film but i could be it's been a long time since i've seen logan uh, Hardwick says, I think the quality of Brie Larson's performance has changed in part because of how she's changed. She had way better personality in her old interviews than her new ones. Her face even looked better. I mean, that could be a part of it. But I, as I said, I honestly believe it's because she is a blank slate. Um, I, I think it probably has a lot to do with that. Now, it could be that she's a blank slate. And so that's how she got good performances out of her before. But now because she feels like she's so great that now she doesn't let even good directors craft anymore? I don't know. Could be. I think I stand by my original thought, though. Uh, the Wake Down says, Isn't the dude from She's All That married to Buffy? Not sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were married at least. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr., yeah, they were married for a time. I don't know if they're still married. They might still be married. I know that at one point they were married, back when the Scooby-Doo came out. Dean J, speaking of which, she's a two Freddie Prince. Get out of here, you Scooby-Doo wannabe. Yeah, seriously. Oh, man, that dude. What? Uh, Tool City. Tool City. 
All right, four minutes left. Let's do members-only comments. Uh, but before we do that, Dark Shadow Logan, thank you very much for the hyper chat over on Odyssey. I appreciate it, man. Says, I use both DVD Fab Platinum Blu-ray Ripper and Amersoft Video Converter for converting physical media to digital and then use Plex to stream my library. Dude, um, Make MKV is great. It's free and it's perpetually free. I actually ended up spending the money to to buy it because I use it so much that I was I wanted to support the the people behind Make MKV. So all you really need is M is Make MKV, and then as long as you've got enough hard drive space, you don't have to do anything after. You don't have to convert it down or anything. It's awesome. The one thing that I I would love to become more of an expert on, I probably will work on this over the summer, is how to label like special features for, for certain films and get those onto Plex as well. Uh, Dark Shadow Logan with another hyper chat. Thank you again. Hyper chat over an Odyssey says X-23 was originally a character for the cartoon series X-Men Evolution and was later introduced in the comics because of her popularity. Interesting. Thank you for the information. All right, back over to YouTube. Members only comments because we are running out of time tonight. Um. Okay, so... Fennec was already in the trailer, I saw someone say. So that's not a spoiler. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Cinder B says, to which their own? Oh, Steph. Uh, Inferior So May the 4th is actually Iron Lady Day. Huh. Yeah, seriously. I never would have thought that. Hardwick says, voodoo zombies are real. Witch doctors drug someone with puffish to- puff fish toxin, putting them in a deep sleep, mimicking death. They dig them up before they smother and keep them drugged to use as slaves. Um, I don't know what that is, but it's definitely a crime. (laughs) Tina B, tomorrow will be the 21st anniversary of Gladiator. I can't believe it's been 21 years. Wow. Tina B loves that movie. Hardwick says, your complaint about the voice acting in The Bad Batch reminds me of how much I want to see Clint Eastwood play Peter Pan. Not going to lie, I would love to see that, because that would have to be a joke, because it would be so funny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Wendy, get off my lawn. (laughs) Uh, Jonah Hex, what's going on, man? Hybrid, hybrid, (laughs) I'm sorry. Rosie G12, Odin, I know you said you reviewed The Untouchables, but I just don't recall that. Apologies if I missed it, because I'd be interested in your take. I get, again, I couldn't remember if I filmed the official video yet, or if it's on this list because I haven't done it yet. I know I definitely did a review of it on a stream once, though. Orange Eye Reviews, the report of Grievous of Utapa from Tech to that clone getting Order 66 is what I was referencing. That was literally like five minutes and no cuts in any other scenes. Yeah, I didn't watch it long enough to really to see that. Um, let's see. Father says, Odin's traditional Catholic gift would be for girls a mantilla. Yep. Be like, here's your veil. <laughs> see, see you next Sunday at the Basilica. Uh, let's see. All right. Last bit members comments. Uh, Orange Airview says the reason X-23 was a female was because the Y chromosome of Logan was corrupted, so they tweaked the X chromosome. Interesting. Hmm. I wonder if they would use similar logic for the Bad Batch. 
Hardware then says, did you hear Kevin Feige's admission that Doctor Strange was going to communicate with Wanda through the commercials? Yeah, they didn't want her. They didn't want a white male to mansplain to her. Yep, I heard about it. A lot of people did, people did videos about it. That back in the day, that's probably a video I would have done. But nowadays, as I've I've tried to make more clear, I I try and stick to reviews, box office stuff, big movie news that I care about. Um, yeah. Because I don't have as much time. And I, I'm i just more careful with the things I choose now, I guess. Snore Poopus Cuber. I think they're still married. I wish her luck. Seriously. And Fearter says, fair enough. I have Apple TV 4K box. So I can watch all my iTunes, Amazon Prime, Google Play purchases, along with many other streaming service subscriptions in one place. One day I'll buy a Plex server. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's great. Um, ugh, Apple TV. Apple. Ugh. Disgusting. But do we? In future, are you not entertained? Snorter Poopus, Cuber, Peter Pan. Go ahead, Hook. Go ahead, Hook. Make my day. I can't do a younger version as well. Not to say that my older version's any better, but <laughs> it's what it is. All right, we are indeed at the end of the show. But anyway, who? What? Dude. Thomas. Zer. Zer. Zarebskin? Thomas Zarebskin? I think that's how I pronounced your name, dude. Thank you for the hundred... Oh, man. I guess that's just the hundred library tokens, man. Thank you for that hyper chat, dude. And he says, thanks for streaming with us. Thank you, man. I think I think that's a member of the, of the Library Odyssey team, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Thomas, man, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you for... If you are who I think you are, Thank you very much, man, for actually uh, doing all this stuff. He says, close enough. <laughs> Over the pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about the pronunciation, man. Um, but again, if you are a member of the Odyssey team, thank you for getting all this stuff up together, man. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. He says, yes. Team member here, just dropping by to say hi and thanks. Well, thank you for stopping by, man. And seriously, thank you so much for getting Odyssey live streaming up and running, for making it available for everyone. I've been looking forward to testing it out, and it's been a lot of fun. So thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Um, and recommendations, live, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A live tab. So a place where all live streams are. Uh I know that's something that some people have been asking for. But anyway, dude, it, it, again, the fact that the live stream is working and it's working really well, been getting a lot of good feedback from a lot of people watching the streams on Odyssey. So thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate uh, your work. I appreciate it, dude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was awesome. Cool. Uh, and Fearcher says, boom, Odyssey is killing it right now. Awesome. Yeah, seriously. Snorri Poopa says, maybe Harrison Ford will land his plane on Paltrow and Larson. What? <laughs> what? That's <laughs> crazy. Story of says, take care, all father. Yeah, you take care as well. That is going to be the end of the show this evening. Uh, let's see. Thomas says, we've got the live stream showing at the front of the categories at the moment. Okay, cool. Make sure your channel gets categorized if it's not already. Well, thank you very much, dude. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think it was more so um, when I click on the like the the tab on the side that shows like home following cheese etc for that one um 
there's no like like live tab like to see all the channels going live i think that would be a cool thing to see but still it's amazing to see um what has been put together so thank you thank you thank you just another red shirt just became a citizen of asgardian thank you very much i appreciate that tina says private conversation about paltrow and plank we're hating on both these women oh boy i bet y'all are anyway <laughs> before uh heading out i don't know what's going on 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 d live um but anyway uh <laughs> Thank you all for being here this evening. I appreciate it. Uh, let me shout out some people real quick, though. Thank you to the uh, Army of Asgard members and the Keeper of the Bifrost members on YouTube. Uh, Comergal79, Window Liquor, Your Muslim Uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Jouette, Rich the Savior, DadmanWalk55, Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, RosieG12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Hat Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all so very much. Uh, for being a part of the channel. And again, shout out to the Odyssey fam. And Thomas, thank you again for stopping by. Again, awesome to see the support from Odyssey, and I'm happy to give the support to Odyssey as well. Thank you all very much for being here. I have not yet updated my Patreon video, so it'll still be from April. I don't think there's anyone that is left out, um, but let me just double-check just to make sure. Because obviously I, I don't want to leave out anyone. It looks like some people may have left. So they'll get shouted out even when they not don't necessarily or should not necessarily have been shouted out. Um, but let me just double check here. So yeah, I, I don't think I see anyone new. But anyway, I will get that updated. So if it does unfortunately happen for this stream, I do apologize. And I'll try and make it up to y'all in the future. But anyway, you guys are freaking awesome. I love you guys. I don't know what's going on right now over on DLive, but we'll hold off on the chest opening just in case because I don't want anyone to uh, be able to claim anything who's not a regular member of the chat over there. But anyway, you guys are seriously all amazing, beautiful people. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And as always... God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon and Subscribestar members, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Bifur de Hobbit, Brian P, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to you, Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Humor and Hobbies, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura Story, The Modern Major General, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course, the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. And my subscribe star remembers... Remembers? Subscribe star remember <laughs> I did it again. Subscribe star members. Fast reaction. Nosferatu Gatsu. Stand for John B. Perpetual Punster. Mr. Roy. Glinzer. J. Alex McCarthy Jr. 
Dean Heiss slash the new number two, J-Rod, the beer guru, Nevanon G. Adams, and ZK Man. Thank you to all of my Patreon and Subscribestar members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out the links in the description to find out how to sign up on Patreon and Subscribestar. Also, you'll find out how to get access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays and 4K titles and digital codes, and also access to an exclusive podcast for my Keepers of the Bifrost, and also the Chosen of Valhalla level, where you can not only get all of those things, you also get a t-shirt and get to be featured on a live stream once a month hosted on the OMB Reviews channel. Anyway, if you want to have access to any of those things, check out the links in the description for Patreon and Subscribestar for more information. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and as always, God bless.